Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with some samples. You guys, allergies suck and it really sucks when my nose is all stuffed up. I can't do anything. I can't even enjoy dinner because I can't taste my food. I can't work out because I feel so tired and I'm out of it and just forget getting ahead on recording the show because I sound so stuffy. But luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I've honestly been using Claritin D for my allergies forever and it's always been my go-to. I know when spring hits, I won't have to worry about my eyes watering like crazy and my nose running like a faucet. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. You guys need to check out June's journey. Engage your observation skills to quickly uncover key pieces of information that lead to chapters of mystery, danger, and romance. Where will each new chapter take you? Discover hidden clues and solve a riveting murder mystery. Engage with the brain-teasing enigmas of the Roaring Twenties and delve into June's quest to reveal a scandalous family secret. You guys, I love getting lost in this world. It's so beautiful and engaging, and I can't wait to unwind at the end of the day on the couch with this game and a cup of tea. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. everybody welcome back to our podcast this is murder with my husband i'm peyton morland and i'm garrett morland and he's the husband and i'm the husband we just want to again thank every single one of you for listening to us we had a super active week on social media this week and it was really really fun for us a reminder if you want to follow us on there it's just murder with my husband i'm also going to give another update about our case suggestions we are doing it a new way so if you just want to visit the link in our instagram and click case suggestions on there and then you can just put it in there and it's all organized and super well for us on our end. We actually have another Patreon episode coming out. So we're both pretty excited for that. And if you're curious on how to find it, or if you're a little confused, all of our socials, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, we have a link in there and you can go directly to Patreon and you can check it out there. Okay. So do you have 10 seconds for this episode? I think I have 10 seconds. I feel like it's been getting harder for the 10 seconds, but (laughs) summer's coming up. I want to get a barbecue. So if anyone has any tips or suggestions on which barbecue to get, let me know. Wait, is that what it's called? A barbecue? Yeah, barbecue or smoker. I mean, well, I mean, those are different. For some reason, it just isn't sounding right to me right now. But I don't, it's like, you know, when you say or read a word and then all of a sudden it's like Mm -hmm. not right in your head, even though it is right. That's what just happened to me when we did that. Yeah, Yeah. But yeah, we do need a barbecue. So I'm excited. 
Okay, so our case this week was suggested through our new suggestion form by Rachel Smith. And so thank you for suggesting that. Our sources are abc.net, a couple sources on YouTube that are more detailed in um, the episode notes if you want to check that out. Wikipedia, bbc.com, and ABC News In-Depth episode, smh.com. Okay, so our episode starts off today. Sarah Spears is the daughter of Don and Carol Spears. She has an older sister named Amanda. Together, they grew up in the country and attended boarding school in Perth, Western Australia. So our case is from Australia this um, week. So what exactly is boarding school? I guess I've never been clear on what is boarding school. Sorry to interrupt. They're already right in. Boarding school is where you live at school, like room and board. Mm -hmm. So like Zoe 101. Yeah, I've actually never seen an episode. Oh, you haven't? Okay. So as sisters, Sarah and Amanda got along very well, although they were total opposites, their personalities, but they were best friends. Sarah is said to be the type of person who would go out of her way to make sure everyone around her was happy. She was compassionate and could light up a room with her affectionate personality. In 1996, Sarah and Amanda moved to South Perth, where they share a flat which is an apartment, but flat makes me feel a little bit cooler. So I'm going to continue calling it a flat. Okay. They are enjoying life together as young adults. And in mid-January 1996, their parents had come down to visit. After a great time together, Don and Carol got back into their car and head back to their home in the country, not knowing that that was the last time either of them would ever see Sarah, their daughter, again. On Friday, January 26th, 1996, Sarah and her friends are planning to go to Kings Park where there is an outdoor concert happening. They thought they would bring some food, sit down, um, eat dinner, and enjoy the concert together. After dinner, as day turns into night, Amanda, Sarah's sister, picks up Sarah and her friends and takes them to the Ocean Beach Hotel to drink and hang out. Okay. From the sounds of it, the hotel bar is in the middle of a market that is super lively on a Friday night. It's a great place to hang out and have fun with your friends. There's a whole bunch of bars and shops around it. So it's just kind of on a Friday night, a place where young adults go to hang out. Got it. Around midnight, Amanda drives back to the Ocean Beach Hotel to pick up her sister and her friends once again. So she dropped them off and is now back to pick them up again. The plan was to then take them to Claremont, which is like a different city, mm-hmm. where a popular night stop called Club Bay View was located, and they were going to finish the night there. Before getting out of the car, Sarah hugged and kissed her sister and thanked her for the ride and then ran into the club with her friends. And again, this new spot in Claremont is also very lively for young adults. Around 2 a.m., Amanda has gone to sleep. And so Sarah decides she will catch a taxi home instead of having Amanda come pick her up again. Okay. Sarah tells her friends that she's going to head home for the night and runs out to the end of the road to find a phone booth. So her friends stay in the club and she's done. Before she does, she stops and talks to the club guard, which I am thinking is the bouncer. Mm -hmm. And she tells him that she's headed home to see Amanda. And I'm assuming that they are friends because he knows who Amanda is and everything. At 2.06 a.m., Sarah calls Swan Taxis, but instead of ordering the taxi to South Perth, where Amanda is at their home sleeping, she orders her taxi to a suburb called Moseman Park. And she had a friend who lives there whom she had been with earlier that day, and it's assumed that she decided it would be cheaper and faster to go there Mm -hmm. and crash instead of going all the way home to Amanda. Okay, let me just recap real quick where we are. So she's at this club... Basically, she decides to go home, so she gets a taxi to a different place 
that's not her home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. And I did think this was a little weird because the bouncer did say she was going home to Amanda. Correct. Okay. But not even 20 seconds. I don't know how long it was, but just the time it took her from walk to there to the end, to the phone booth, the end of the road, she's now going to a different place. But Got maybe it. it was one of those things where he knows Amanda. So it's just easier to be like, I'm heading home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See ya. You know. Sarah crosses the road and waits for the taxi that she had just called at the intersection on Sterling Highway. That's the name of the road. Three guys in a car pull up around that time and notice Sarah standing there alone. And as they drive away, they notice a car pulling up where Sarah is standing, but they turn at the intersection and drive away. Mm. At 2.09, Sarah's taxi arrives at the intersection, looks up the road towards the phone booth, down the road the other way, and Sarah is nowhere to be found. She was gone and is now missing. Okay, got it. On the Monday after Sarah Spears went missing, her sister tried calling after not seeing her since that Friday night. When Sarah doesn't answer, Amanda reaches out to her friends asking if they had seen her or heard from her since she left the club that night. They hadn't either. Amanda decides she's going to call the police. Police immediately begin circulating pictures of Sarah along with what she was wearing that night. They distinguish her beige, chunky heels that she had been wearing that night. Search teams search the nightlife and club areas are scavenged. Hundreds of people come forward trying to help. Every lead is chased. Nothing helps. Sarah is not found. Okay, so basically it's two o'clock in the morning. Some random car comes by and... And next thing you know, Sarah is gone. Okay. Yes. So now we're jumping back. In the early 1960s, in a suburb called Shenton Park that was just 10 miles away from Claremont, which is where Sarah went missing from, Trevor and Janie Rimmer have started their life together and eventually have a baby named Jane Rimmer in 1973. According to Hunt for a Killer, Jane is a quiet child but grows into a fun-loving young woman who wants to work with children one day. As the time comes for her to move out of her parents' house, Jane gets her own flat and fulfills her dream by getting a job at a children's center. Five months after Sarah Spears was last seen in Claremont, it's now Saturday, June 8th, 1996. 23-year-old Jane Rimmer links up with her friends at none other than the Ocean Beach Hotel. They eat dinner, they have some drinks, and then they decide to continue on with their night at a club called Continental. They dance and hang out, but around 11.30 p.m., they decide to walk to another club nearby, nearby called Bayview. According to her friend, Jane was reluctant to go to this specific club because she didn't like it. But when the group arrived, they discovered that there was an extremely long line to get in and they decided to instead just call it a night. We're not going to go to another club. We're just going to be done. So these two stories are sounding eerily familiar and they're only five months apart, Jane and Sarah. They both are staying at the same hotel and both went to the same Same clubs. Yes. Although Jane had not wanted to go to Bayview, she, unlike her friends, was not ready to call it a night. As her friends are getting in the taxi, they try to convince her to leave with them, but she just wants to hang out a bit longer in this nightlife, have a little bit more fun before she ends her night. Okay. The next day, when Jane does not show up to a Sunday lunch with her parents, Trevor and Janie visit their daughter's flat, but immediately call police when she isn't there. Once notified, police draw the conclusion that because only five months earlier, Sarah had gone missing from the same area Mm -hmm. with a near identical story. That means to them that these cases have to be connected. Where's Jane's friends? Uh, They left and then never saw her again. They left her there to continue hanging out and having fun and never see her again. Police notify task forces that the cases could be worked together by a special task force called MACRO. 
Taking charge of my health is all about being super conscious of what I fuel my body with. Whether it's food or supplements, I'm constantly on the lookout for the top choices, and that's why I'm stoked to share with all of you Thorn. Thorn takes a personalized, innovative, and scientific approach to health and wellness with their supplements. They manufacture all their supplements in the U.S. using top-notch ingredients sourced globally. Plus, they team up with leading medical professionals to bring you highly effective nutritional supplements. Whether it's their B-complex, creatine, magnesium, or basic prenatal, Thorn's got all the supplements I need to help promote and maintain my health goals. You guys, I'm actually taking the B-complex vitamins every single morning, and I feel like it enhances my energy and mood, especially if we've been eating a little bit unhealthy. With Thorn, we never have to question what's in each supplement because they go the extra mile when it comes to quality, manufacturing, and ingredients. Give your body what it really needs with Thorn. Go to thorn.fit slash husband and use code husband for 10% off your first order. That's T-H-O-R-N-E dot F-I-T slash husband code husband for 10% off your first order. Thorn dot fit slash husband code husband. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you ever find that when you're traveling, you can't help but worry about what's going on back home? Like, Again, did you remember to lock up everything or close all the windows? It's so easy for those little concerns to nag at you while you're trying to enjoy your trip. And that's why we highly recommend looking into Simply Safe Home Security today. It's all about giving you the top-notch security and total peace of mind, no matter where your summer adventures take you. It's like having that extra layer of protection so you can truly relax and enjoy your time away. You guys, I know that when we travel, it is so nice to just have that peace of mind. You know, it's not only for when you're home and you don't want someone breaking in, but like also when you're away from home and you just want to know that your house is safe. And that is what Simply Safe gives you. There's a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras we've installed. So we have a view of all our entry points. Plus, Simply Safe was named Best Home Security System 2024 by the U.S. News and the World Report. Simply Safe has given us and many of our listeners real peace of mind. I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/husband. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Once you try Bombas, you'll never look at socks the same way again. They've obsessed over details like foot-hugging honeycomb arch support, anti-blister tabs, and cushion footbeds that feel like pillows for your feet. Let's not forget their super soft tees and tagless underwear. Bombas has a one purchased equals one donated mission. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you also donate essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. Today, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. Bombas also offers a 100% happiness guarantee. So whether your socks disappear in the dryer or they become a snack for your dog, they will actually do anything possible to replace it or make it right. They've also got this new Merino wool blend socks that naturally wick moisture and help regulate temperatures perfect for that rainy or unpredictable spring weather. You guys, I love Bombas. I literally wear them all the time. I love that every purchase means a donation to someone in need. And it's not just their socks either. I also love their tees and underwear. They're so soft. They pay attention to details. I just really, really love Bombas. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash husband and use code husband for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash husband and use code husband at checkout. 
So this special task force called Macro is created in order to work just on these cases, these two okay. missing women around the same age, around the same area, same color skin, similar time, everything, similar lifestyles. Pictures of Jane are posted in hopes, just like Sarah was, um, that someone had seen her or something, but no, nothing comes forward. On Saturday, August 3rd, 1996, 55 days after Jane went missing, a family driving around in Wellard stops to pick some wildflowers. Oh, no. During the adventure, the mother of the family stumbles across a body in the grassy wooded area. Jane Rimmer's naked body had been discovered. Oh, no. So keep in mind, Sarah's body hasn't been is found, still missing. but Jane's body was found. Yes. Okay. Nine months after Jane Rimmer's body was discovered, it's now Saturday, March 15th, 1997. Okay. 27-year-old Kira Glennon has been drinking with her colleagues after work, but then after that, they decide to keep the night going and make their way to the Continental. The Continental is crowded, and Kira decides to stay for only 20 minutes. She grabbed her jacket and makes her way out. While walking down Sterling Highway, a few men are hanging outside when they call out to Kira about how dangerous it is to hitchhike alone at night. Mm. Kira waves them off and keeps walking. But not too much farther down the road did she make it before the men noticed a car pull up and Kira begins talking to the driver. The vehicle was light colored, according to the men, but they weren't paying too much attention. They didn't know her. Yeah. Next thing they know, Kira and the vehicle is gone. None of the men see her get into the vehicle, but as they look down the road a couple minutes later, they notice that she and the vehicle is gone. I can't believe that this can happen three times at like the same place, probably all around the same exact spot. Yes. Within like a year, right? 1996, 1996, now 1997. Yeah. Like it's been on the news. They were taking the the Mm -hmm. disappearances seriously. So everyone was like, we probably shouldn't be alone, Alone. which is probably honestly why those guys said, hey, Hey, it's it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they weren't trying to like they were being serious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the next day, Kira's mom reports her missing when she doesn't hear from her. Panic sets in as the information is spread about the possible serial killer because Jane's body was found. Remember? A $250,000 reward is set up by the Western Australia government, the largest ever reward in return for any news that leads to an arrest. Okay. There were so many people around the nights these girls went missing in the area. In fact, two separate groups of men had seen that they saw two different women near a car, but there's nothing. There's Mm. nothing. There's no information. Well, also it's hard because I'm sure a lot of different people saw people next to cars exactly nighttime Mm -hmm. yes and like this is such a busy area i know you said that but at the same time it's almost the best like you know when they say hide in plain sight Mm -hmm. it was so busy that would had anyone even noticed a little scream or a little tussle you know what i'm saying like it's already lively it's nighttime people are partying people are hanging out yep On April 3rd, 1997, only 19 days after Kira disappeared, a labor man comes across a body along a sandy track on Perth's northern outskirts. Police confirmed that the partially clothed body was in fact Kira Glennon and that the killer had most likely gone off the main road, taking a separate track to get to where the body was dumped. So he went out of his way to get here. Dang, so there's two bodies. We've now found Jane and Kira. Yes, and Sarah's still missing. And all of these happened with about in a year. Dang, it's crazy that they're finding that these bodies have been found fairly quickly, I feel like. Yes, very quickly. Um, And Sarah's hasn't. Yes, that is a point in this case that will continue on the whole case. Okay. 
In the time following the killings, Claremont was in a panic, obviously. Weekend nights that used to be bright and busy became deserted. The people of West Australia did all they could to help. Crime Stoppers was overloaded with calls, but nothing seemed to come of it. No one came forward that they knew anything about the cars that had been witnessed those nights talking to the girls. Cab drivers are all suspects at the beginning, but after taking DNA of thousands of cab drivers, wow. nothing comes of it. Okay. The next suspect is a man named Lance Williams. The next public suspect, I should say, that is announced is a man named Lance Williams who is followed around for more than two years in this investigation Whoa. because in the past he had driven around Claremont at night on the weekends offering women rides home instead of them having to call taxis. Why did they figure out why he did that? I think just maybe to be nice or make some money. Was he trying money, to pick a, a Homemade girls Uber? Or? I don't know. Huh. I don't know. They they don't ever release it. And he okay. was never charged and eventually dismissed. So as we're on the subject, I am going to say here, this investigation is super private, which is why I don't know why Lance. So there's a lot of information not released? Yes. Uh, up until just a few years ago, this was a mysterious case okay. no one knew any information about it no one the the things that were discovered came out of the blue like there it wasn't publicly told if that Got makes it. sense so despite the special effort for the search of sarah jane and kira's killer because at this point they're assuming that sarah has also died they just haven't yeah. found the body 12 years after the tear nothing had been released no arrests had been made efforts had been long spent on lance williams but now the case was cold, and we have this empty period of time where the public is told nothing about the case. I mean, I guess, though, if there's no camera evidence, yes. if no one saw any license plates or a car, and there's no DNA evidence, like, what do you do? Yes. What are you... Well, and and the public's like, what do we do? We haven't been told yeah. anything. They, they've said we found the bodies, right? There's been no... This is how the bodies were found. I mean, oh, I said they were it. naked, but that comes out later. So the public doesn't even know how, how they, they were found, how they died hasn't oh. been released. So all they know is that, hey, these three girls went missing around the same area. Two of the bodies have been found. This guy was a suspect. They spent a long time on the taxi, the taxi drivers, but now nothing. And it's not like this case is being forgotten. It's being reported on. I have listened to podcasts cover yeah. this case before anything was is solved. It, is it for a reason? Because they're trying to keep everything private so they can find who did this or you're not sure? I'm assuming that's why. Yes. Mm -hmm. But it just was weird. Okay. It was weird. You don't rarely do you see such a public case that was a serial killer and for 12 years, not hear much about and not it. not hear anything okay. about it. We're jumping into an ad right now, and I, no joke, I've had this question. I think about it all the time because I hate getting sick. Do you ever wonder why some people just don't get sick? One of the reasons you can help yourself from getting sick is Armra Colostrum. Okay, obviously I had no idea that colostrum is the first nutrition we receive in life and is an exclusive source of all the essential nutrients we need in order to thrive. So what's amazing is Armra colostrum is a proprietary concentrate of bovine colostrum that harnesses over 400 functional nutrients to strengthen your immune barriers, your body's inside suit of armor, and the first line of defense against harmful particles from the environment that can trigger inflammation and actually make make you sick. I'm not saying that it 100% works for everybody because obviously you never know, but 
All I'm saying is I haven't been sick since I started taking it. Well, and the science behind it is so cool. Armor Colostrum strengthens all four layers of your gut wall where 80% of your immune cells are housed. And it's a rich exclusive source of antibodies that optimize your immune defense during cold and flu season. Plus in clinical trials, bovine colostrum was found to be at least three times more effective than the flu vaccine at preventing the flu. We've worked out a special offer for our audience receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash husband or enter husband to get 15% off your first order. Again, that's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A dot com slash husband. All right, you guys, Audible is your one-stop app for all things audio entertainment, from bestsellers and the latest releases to celebrity memoirs and gripping mysteries. Audible's library is brimming with countless genres to love and new discoveries to make. Dive into an unparalleled selection of audiobooks and explore exclusive Audible originals brought to life by top celebrities, renowned experts, and fresh voices. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog in including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Plus, you can enjoy unlimited access to a growing selection of audiobooks, Audible originals, and podcasts such as Murder With My Husband. Honestly, I love Audible because I will get into a story while I'm cleaning or driving. Sometimes I get so hooked listening to a story, I just end up finding new places to clean or just end up sitting in my car, which drives Garrett nuts, but I'm out there sitting there. New members can explore Audible free for 30 days. Also this March through May, the Audible sweep you into a realm of intrigue and suspense with their mystery and thriller collection, featuring exclusive new thrillers from their best-selling authors. Their selection is designed to captivate and surprise ensuring your heart rate remains as elevated as your imagination. New members can try Audible for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash MWMH or text MWMH to 500-500. That's audible.com slash MWMH or text MWMH to 500-500. When we started podcasting, an online store was honestly the furthest thing from our minds. But now we're selling Murder With My Husband merch and it's so easy because we use Shopify. And we really do. We use Shopify to sell our merch. I've been using Shopify for years. So it is absolutely amazing, easy to use, so intuitive. I love it. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. And it's great because they grow with you. So whether you're just launching your shop or you've just hit a million orders, they are there every step of the way. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. We've actually tried a couple other platforms before we started using Shopify to sell our merch and Shopify is just the best. Um, I've been using it for years, like I've said, and I just love having control over it and being able to do what I want. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash husband. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash husband now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash husband. So 20 years after the first original victim, Sarah Spears, went missing, the West Australian police randomly and quite out of the blue make an arrest in this case in December of 2016. The arrest made people's heads spin as the public had no idea they even had another suspect. 
They held a press conference and announced that 48-year-old Bradley Robert Edwards was being charged with the murder of Sarah Spears in 1996, the murder of Jane Rimmer in 1996, and the murder of Kira Glennon in 1997. So he was 48, so he would have been 28. Yes, he would have been in his 20s. Okay. Bradley was a former telephone technician for a company now named Telstra. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. But they were formerly known as Telecom when oh. he worked there. And I feel like this is a very popular company in Australia. I did research it. I Googled it. I've heard of Telecom. I yes, feel like. it's a popular company there, but like outside of there, I, I had never heard of it. Okay. He had drove a company car, which looked like a taxi and was given a company knife with the telecom logo on it, which would be brought up later in trial. Mm. Bradley denies the charges of murder presented against him, but admits that he did, in fact, rape a 17-year-old girl in a cemetery in 1995, so a year before Sarah went missing. Why would he just admit that out of the blue? They came to him with evidence saying, we know you did this, and also some of his earlier crimes he had actually gone to court for and been punished for. And a different woman that he also admits to where he broke into her house and and attempted to rape her in 1988. How is this guy not in jail? Yeah, exactly. Crazy. So he was a normal guy, steady job, had friends, was a bit of a nerd and worked with local sports center for kids. So this was also once the arrest was made, people were like, what? Like we were expecting a serial killer and this guy does not look Mm -hmm. like a serial killer to us. Three years after the arrest of Bradley Roberts, now 51 years old, he was taken to trial. And I need to preface this again, that they made the arrest and then gave no evidence or anything, information to the public about why they suspected him. All of that would have to wait till trial. So this guy gets arrested and then everyone's like, wow, now we'll finally have answers. And then they have to wait three more years. Well, they're probably trying to save it for for trial. trial. Exactly. And that's not a dumb thing, but keeping in mind all of there's no information before this, this just feels super random. And everyone, you know, put yourself back three years before this happens. Everyone's like, they've made an arrest and we have no idea why. We have no idea why they're suspecting Mm -hmm. this guy. He goes to trial. According to BBC News, the judge only trial. So he just wanted a judge was Western Australia's longest running and most expensive murder trial to date, taking place over seven months and included over 200 witnesses at trial. Yeah. And since day one of trial, the information everyone had been wanting came spilling out. So all of the answers really come out. That's good, though. I'm glad that everything's coming coming together. So it turns out there had been a ton of DNA evidence in this case that just couldn't be tested back then and that the public hadn't been told about. But as time went on and DNA testing advanced, new detectives came in and took a look at this case and were like, hey, We have new technology that can maybe help us with this DNA. There was a scraping under Kira Glennon's thumb that had not been tested back then. But when tested, it came back as an unknown male, but also matched an unsolved rape from a cemetery in 1995. Wow. Okay. And this realization was made back in 2008. That's crazy. So if you think about it, police knew that they had a match to an unsolved rape in 2008 and didn't tell anyone. This case was just cold 
and stagnant, but they had made this huge discovery and just didn't tell the public about it. It's pretty crazy that DNA advanced that much though, that they were able to make that connection through it. Right. Uh So in 2016, so they make this, they make this, but then they're like, we still don't know who did this unsolved rape. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't help us. It just gives us a little bit more evidence because there's another case to look at. So in 2016, after locals heard about the connection to the old attack in 1995, so local people start to, you know, they talk to a cop who talked to a cop who told a civilian who told another civilian, and then locals start to, they've made a connection in the the serial killer case. It was suggested to police that they double check a break-in that had happened in the 80s and check that against the match samples. So people start talking and they're like, well, since we know he did it before, why don't you check this attempted rape? of a break-in. And I know it's not a same case, but we could at least, there was DNA in that case and we could pull evidence against it. The break-in rape DNA was in fact a match. So now in 2016, police have this evidence that now not only did he do the three serial killings, he also um, raped someone in a cemetery and then also attempted to rape someone by breaking into their house. In the 80s? He would have been young. He would have been what, like 16 to 18, somewhere around Mm -hmm. there? So police had now drawn the conclusion without the public knowing that in 1988, a man broke into a home but was run out. And then in 1995, that same man abducted a 17-year-old off the street, drove her to a cemetery where he beat and then raped her and left her to die, but she survived. And then in 1996 through 1997, went on to become the Claremont serial killer that everyone knows about. Holy crap. They had his DNA, but they didn't have him. There's no match. When they run the DNA, there's no yeah. match in CODIS. So they're like, great. We now have more cases, but we still don't have the we guy. We need the guy. So, yeah. So how'd they find the guy? And and all this is happening without the public even okay. knowing that they continue to make these these conclusions. So right? I assume they're basically waiting at this point for, for that guy's DNA to, to hit. Co- some want him to get arrested, him to come, okay. you know, get a DUI, and then his DNA gets something to happen. As they're waiting for this something to happen, they're also going, are there any other cases that we haven't looked at that could he could have done, right? So police found an evidence when looking back at the 1988 home invasion attempt by our serial killer that there had been another attempted break-in in the same city that year. Oh my God. And they hadn't originally drawn these two together, but then mm-hmm. after looking, we're like, maybe it was the same guy. This other attempt was a man in a woman's nightie, like a dress, a oh, woman's nightgown, it. which I thought was strange had opened a sliding glass door to break in, but then they were awake and so he was scared off. He left four fingerprints on the door in this break-in. And when police run those fingerprints, they come back to a man named Bradley Robert Edwards. No way. This is how they found him. Okay. He was already in the da- database with his fingerprints, not but not for his DNA. And the reason he was in the database for his fingerprints was because he had attacked a social worker while on a job once and gotten arrested for it. He was given probation for that attack. He attacked her. Nothing happened. Like she ran off. He got scared. He ran off. She's like, hey, you attack me. He gets arrested. He gets put on probation for it. And he keeps his job at telecom. Like they don't, even though he was on the job when he made this attack, they don't fire him. They needed to obtain Bradley's DNA, though, to make a positive ID to the Claremont serial killer. Because think, all they're thinking is, we have these four fingerprints ID'd, and mm-hmm. now we have this unknown DNA. We'll run them, and we'll run his DNA. We'll get his DNA somehow and run it and see if it's the if same it guy. Okay. 
So they follow him into a movie theater. Undercover cops follow him into a movie no theater. No way. And when he gets up to leave the theater, he was drinking a Sprite and he left the Sprite in the cup holder when he stood up to leave. It's like a total like a movie. Yeah, they so follow in, grab yeah, the straw. Literally, they the... wait for everyone to clear out. They wow. bag it. They they do it like protocol, everything. They know they have to be smart about it. They bag it. They take it in. They test the DNA. Bada bing, bada boom. We have our serial killer. It's the same guy. Crazy. So this comes out of trial. Jane and Kira's throats had been cut oh. with what they thought was a knife in a sawing motion. So it wasn't like a slit. Oh it my was gosh. a sawing motion. Okay, yeah, yeah. There had been a telecom knife found near one of the bodies that had been dumped years earlier. When they found the body, they found this knife, but they didn't know who to, you know. Yep. But then once they had him, they were like, this is solid piece of evidence. We found this knife years ago before we were even on to you. Detectives managed to match his DNA to a fragment found under um, Kira's fingernail. Prosecutors said that there were material fibers found on the bodies of Kira and Jane that had also come from Bradley's clothing and car. So they take the DNA evidence on them and say their bodies were in his car at one point. Okay. Jane and Kira's bodies were found in the same pose, but just mirrored. All this, um, these facts about the case come out at trial that their bodies when found Weird. had actually been posed in the same pose, but just mirrored. So he totally was like a serial killer. Though. Oh, totally. I mean, and I would imagine that Sarah's body is probably posed in the same way. Ugh. So Kira's body had been covered by leaves. Well, both of the bodies had been covered, but this one had been caught, been covered by leaves that were pulled from a tall tree that was nearby. They made that connection when they were investigating and this was a clue for them at the time because the tree was high and so they were like he would have had been at least this tall to be able to reach up and pull branches so they had like a cap of how tall their suspect had to be again information that wasn't released to the public like we know our suspect has to be at least this tall you know a little bit before the arrest of bradley police had randomly released video footage that they had had for years of sarah the night she went missing. I was going to ask about cameras, but then I just figured out. Oh, I would say it if there nothing. was. Yeah. So there was. And people were like, hey, where's the video footage? They never came out with it. And they were like, maybe the cameras weren't working or something. Years later, a little bit before the arrest, police randomly are like, hey, let's hold a press conference. We have this video footage of Sarah. And they release it. And this is a huge bombshell for everyone because police know that there's activity going on mm-hmm. in this case, but everyone else is like, this case is dead. And now police finally release this yeah, video yeah. footage of Sarah. So it was huge. Like everyone was speculating. It was the biggest piece of evidence in this case. And at trial, more of this footage comes out, but they that part hasn't been released to the public. So we still only have the little bit okay. that was released before he was arrested. And this footage seems to be a big deal to a lot of the sources but i'm guessing because a lot of the sources were before this most recent trial and so this was the biggest piece of evidence but really and i i do get the video footage is a of someone minutes before they go missing forever is a big deal so don't get me wrong i understand that's a big deal but there's nothing in this video footage that points to bradley or points to anything that happened i think i mean i'm no way am I a professional on this, but I would assume that's probably why they didn't release all this because if it went to court and they found him or I, there's, I feel like there wasn't enough to convict him. So yes, there was yes. never. So, well, so they release it and there's a guy that comes up in this footage. Her friends leave. Remember mm-hmm. her friends left her and she was going to keep hanging out. She's leaning against this pole and in the footage, a guy walks up and she recognizes him. She goes, 
hey, like you can't hear it, but you can see her wave and they sit and they have a conversation and everyone before trial is like, oh my gosh, this guy killed her. Like this guy killed her. It's a huge deal. And then I can't get clarification on whether or not that guy was Bradley. Oh, like I've looked, I don't think it is because I think people would clarify this guy that was this huge bombshell in this footage was Bradley after, you know, mm-hmm. after they made the connection to the two, but it wasn't, I don't think it was, no one clarifies huh. that it was. And so to me, it's kind of like, I see that the weight this video has in this case, because it's Sarah's last moments and there's something especially eerie and just, um, you know, almost spiritual about seeing someone in their last moments before tragedy happens right yeah. but at the same time it has absolutely nothing to do with the conviction of bradley got it and so to me it's like it's a big deal but so are you sure it's not him or are you not sure Is it i'm just not like, sure because there okay. was no one that ever came forward and said yes and no i did find a youtube comment that said it was but also i feel like it was a youtube comment yeah. but yeah no there was no source huh. that specified that the man in the video footage from sarah was bradley and i feel like that would have been huge okay. in the case if it had been Despite Bradley's plead of not guilty, he comes and says, I didn't do these murders. The judge declares him guilty of Jane Rimmer and Kira Glennon's murders. He says, although Bradley, I do believe that you did kill Sarah. Um, There's not enough evidence to charge you with that without her body. And I want to not risk you appealing on that. And so I'm not going to charge you with Sarah's murder because I don't want you to have the ability to appeal. So I'm only going to charge you with the two. And he's sentenced and Bradley never, ever released where Sarah's body is. So is he sentenced for life, like life in prison? We'll never get out without parole. Yep. I actually think he is, can be given parole, but it's too late. Like he'll probably be dead. So did he ever admit that he killed them? Or did he still no, go down saying he still I do has it. gone down saying he didn't do it. And police came forward and were like, hey, please tell us where Sarah's body is for her family. We just talked about this in an earlier episode. It's the worst thing you can do to a family is yeah. I killed her, but I'm not going to tell you and where he she said, is. No, I and didn't he do said, it. I didn't do it. Oh, my gosh. And her body. So still messed, so messed up. Yeah, but that is the now updated and solved case of the Claremont wow. serial killer. It's crazy to see a case because I mean you see you see them quite a bit. All these cold cases from the '90s, the '80s, whenever it is, yeah. and they get solved years later. For D- from DNA, uh-huh. we've from just DNA. seen a huge shift in that, and it's awesome. It's good. It's this great. case was solely solved because of DNA testing. Yeah, uh, I mean, it took a lot of strands and a lot of effort and a lot of testing and a lot of guessing. But you know, do they think that he might have killed other people? Or do you think it was just those three? I think it, well, those three and then the attacks he had done previously, the attempted attacks. I don't think that they think he killed anyone else. I always wonder that about serial killers. Like if there's people who had been killed and just nobody has any idea. I don't think he would be the one to admit it either if he's not even willing to admit that he did the Claremont killings. So messed up. Yeah. And just, he he uh, had been married. It's just weird. It's just strange. It just feels weird. Yeah, it, that's uh, that's sad. I'm glad they solved it, though. I am. Yes, I am glad, too. And it's also crazy because the police did receive a lot of heat for this case because it felt to the public as if it had been dead for years. I feel like they, feel like they did a pretty good job. I do, too, they behind the scenes, yeah. right? Like, they might not have been openly communicating they with the public, ready, but though. They, they solved this, you know yeah. what I mean? And so they did receive a lot of heat for focusing only on Lance and focusing mm-hmm. only on the taxi drivers, but it just behind the scenes with new eyes and everything they did actually 
take yeah. this and solve it by using pretty good detective work, in my opinion. Yeah. But yeah, that is the case of the Claremont murders. If you want to see any imagery that goes along with this, go ahead and watch our YouTube video. It's all included in there. If you're not on YouTube, you're just on podcast right now. You can check out our social media for that. It's Murder With My Husband. And just another reminder about our Patreon episode coming out next week. It's going to be super fun. So go ahead and check that out. We will see you guys next week with another episode. I love it. And I hate it. Goodbye. Goodbye.